You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is my chapel. Dave Griffiths is off today, so I hope he has a wonderful Thursday. That's disgusting. I'm getting a day off in the middle of the week. I know, on a podcast day. Come on, Dave. Commitment. Commitment. (laughs) That's right. I see where we stand. (laughs) But anyway, today we're going to preview the Colts Week 9 matchup against the 5-2 Baltimore Ravens. Uh, We'll break down keys to the game. We'll make predictions. But first, as always, we'll start with the news. And the Colts on Thursday said a staff member tested positive for COVID-19. Currently, the team is in the process of contact tracing and has entered the NFL's COVID-19 protocol. Uh, The individual who did test positive has self-quarantined and is under the care of team doctors. And the Colts will proceed with their scheduled practice today. Uh, But all team meetings were had held virtually mike um did you have any more on this no we talked uh, we had we had our our conference call today we had ty and darius leonard and and darius he just he's very matter of factly uh yes this is a disruption on athletes players all of us like routine we do not like our routines messed up but he just said they, they've the, the the days and the months leading up to this prepare them they did everything virtually during the off season uh, training camp was condensed, and we had this scare. We the Colts had this scare prior to the Bengals game. Remember, it was that the Friday they had four or five uh, what proved to be false positives, and they had that Friday before the Bengals game where they they did everything virtually and had a a, a walkthrough, which is what that's what today's practice will be. When, when you have a positive test, you go into what they call intensive protocol which your facilities shut down, and when you practice, if you practice, players have to have have to wear masks on the field. Well, Wright thinks it's very difficult. Frank Wright thinks it's very difficult to practice with a mask on. Sure. So they, they basically do a walkthrough. So he just said that, that, that we we're used to this, we've prepared for this, and teams that deal with it not make a big deal about it, they're the ones that sort of handle things better. So so the, the Colts, it's not like they just brush it off. They say, hey, we're ready for this. We move on. You think we'll have any, you know, uh, overcoming adversity chance like the Titans had after their win? <laughs> I don't think so. But but but, but uh, Darius did say, that, you know, we're, we're used to adversity and we overcome it. So he just didn't get up on a soapbox and do it. <laughs> but, right. but, again, this, this is one where, where, where teams that are prepared for it and teams that are sort of, have experienced people in the right places and have the right leadership, kind of you adjust and you move on. Adjust and move on. And that's what the Ravens are trying to do as well. They're also dealing with some positive COVID-19 tests. Uh, Eight Ravens players in total are on the team's COVID-19 slash reserve list. Um, That is for players who have tested positive or have been in close contact with someone who tested positive. Uh, And that positive test was all pro cornerback Marlon Humphrey. He announced on Monday that he tested positive, and he's been ruled out for the game. The seven high-risk close contacts are linebacker Matthew Judon, uh, rookie first-round linebacker Patrick Queen, safety Deshaun Elliott, linebacker LJ Fort, linebacker Malik Harrison, and cornerback Terrell Terrell Bonds. And, uh, oh, excuse me, there's also linebacker Tyrus Bowser. So it, it's impacting the linebacker core here. We'll see. They need 
I believe, five straight days of negative test to be able to suit up on Sunday. So these players aren't necessarily out. But, uh, Mike, they won't really be practicing this week. Uh, and that's, I think we, that, that was the case with the, the Titans several weeks ago when, when they didn't practice for, gosh, was it eight, eight or ten days? Yeah. And then well, they, they might have. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're right. And then they went out and smoked whoever it was. I can't think uh, of it. Buffalo. Buffalo. So uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. But, again, this is uh, – it, it's on your list here also. But they've all, we've also had, with what the Colts and the Ravens are going through – uh, Houston's closed their facilities. The Bears have closed their facilities, and and Houston's had three guys placed on the uh, COVID list: uh, linebacker Jacob Martin, who was positive; Whitney Marcellus, a linebacker; and Dylan Cole, a linebacker. So this is sort of how it works, I think. Is if if a guy gets it, it's it's the position that sometimes gets ravaged. So we'll see how that goes. But what I think uh, Houston's got uh, Jacksonville. Is that who they have? Let me double check. I believe so. They play Jacksonville, and then the Bears are playing. Wow, well, look this up. Uh, the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. So, so, so again, we'll see where this goes. And, and the league's made it very, very clear tonight. Frisco and uh, Green Bay. Uh, I think Green Bay's got a. They may have a COVID player. Yeah, <laughs> the they, running back group hit hard. Right, and and and, and then of course Frisco's got everybody. I mean, yeah. they're 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 really gonna. See how, how far, far down their depth goes. But uh, the, the league's made it very clear, I think, that barring something, I don't want to say serious because this is serious, but something really, really bad, they're going to play games. Yeah. Because right now if you start postponing games, like like we were talking at the uh, watching practice the other day that with the Colts that if you thought that the Ravens needed a few days to kind of get guys through the pro- protocol, okay, then you take – you, you take the, this game and push it to Monday or Tuesday. Well, you can't because the Colts play Thursday. So, and you, and you really can't move the Thursday game to Sunday because the NFL Network then is, is with no game. So, it's really hard when, when you're past the bye weeks to rearrange games. And they're barring something really, really over the top serious, they're going to play these games. Yeah, they're going to do it at all costs. And I did look it up. Uh, Houston is traveling to Jacksonville. Uh, this Sunday. So the AFC South being impacted by COVID for sure. In some non-coronavirus news, the Titans have released a couple of their defenders, outside linebacker Vic Beasley, who really was kind of a bust of a signing for them, and then uh, veteran cornerback Jonathan Joseph, who spent many years with the Texans. Um, This is after the team acquired defensive back Desmond King from the Chargers. Uh, We mentioned that on the Monday show. They only gave up a six-round pick for him, so it's kind of a low-risk, high-reward type move for the Titans there, although the 2017 fifth-round pick um, is in the final year of his contract. Uh, Moving on here to the Colts injury report. T.Y. Hilton was out Wednesday with a groin injury that he sustained against the Lions. Wide receiver Ashton Doolin was also out Wednesday. Uh, He hurt his knee in that game against the Lions. Jonathan Taylor was limited with an ankle. Jordan Wilkins was limited with a groin. And then Ryan Kelly and Mo Cax were both limited Wednesday with knee injuries. Justin Houston, safety Julian Blackman, and tight end Trey Burton, they all didn't practice Wednesday, but that was just for rest purposes. Kind of like Dave Griffiths today. Yeah. Today was a rest day for him. Yeah. Dave Griffiths out Thursday, rest, <laughs> non-injury related. 
Um, the good news is cornerback Rocky Sin cleared concussion protocol after taking a hard hit late in the fourth quarter Sunday. Uh, he was not on the injury report, so he should be go to, good to go for this game. Is there any more updates on the injury front, Mike? We talked to T.Y. today, and and he said he's feeling better and you know he's optimistic. And I always remind people that the one person you do not trust when it comes to whether they're playing or not is the player. Uh, and, and at the risk of painting all groin injuries with the same brush, Darius Leonard missed two games plus the bye week with a groin injury. So it just depends on the severity. The one thing you do not want to do is, hey, coach, it feels pretty good. He goes out there, and then it's re- then you do something that's really bad. So uh, I, it would be crazy to speculate, but part of me thinks it's going to be probably not play T.Y. this week. But again, he's... He's a quick healer, but groins can be, you know, you don't want them to linger past a week or two. You don't want to get too risky with your groin there. And I know Colts fans might be, oh, no, we're going to miss out on T.Y.'s three catches for 40 yards this week. But I think there's more of an impact in this game. Defenses at least still kind of have to worry about T.Y. Hilton on the outside and think about what he's done over his career. Now with, what, Zach Paschal and um, um, the rookie Pittman and – you know, they might Marcus not even, Johnson. Marcus Johnson. It, it just won't strike the same kind of fear into defenses as far as guarding against that deep ball. We'll see if they kind of play up on the Colts until they might enforce them to hit a couple big ones over the top. Whenever you lose, we, one of the big topics this week we talked to Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni about is do you prefer to have a guy? Remember with, with Phillip Rivers, he always had Keenan Allen. And, you know, we can talk DeAndre Hopkins, we can talk Julio Jones and on and on. Would you rather have that guy or, you know, against uh, the Lions, Rivers hit 11 different receivers? Would you rather have it spread around? And of course, they're saying, well, you know, it's really, I prefer it this way. Well, you prefer it this way because this is the way that you've got it. It's the way you have to do it. I, I would like to know that when it really came to ball in time that I, I've got a guy that I can go to and he's going to give me eight for 150. Yeah, I, I just think that's – but I understand what they're saying. But I do think there's something to – when T.Y. is in there still, he demands attention, which opens things up. And when he's not there, what it does, it it knocks everyone else up a rung on the responsibility meter. And all of a sudden, number two is number one. Well, number two is number two for a reason. Number four is number four for a reason. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not about to just say, well, T.Y., he does, he does provide impact. Now, at some point, doggone it, he's got to start, you know, the three for 21 yards, he's going to cut it. But, uh, you know, we're not there yet, and if he's not out there, it will matter. They're, they're like 1-9 and nine or 1-10 and 10 when T.Y. doesn't play, kind of like Costanzo. Those, those aren't meaningless stats. They mean that there's a reason – you're not as good when you don't have two of your best players. And a few of the Ravens' best players, or at least one of them, will be out in this game. That'll be all-pro left tackle Ronnie Stanley. He's out for the season after suffering an ankle injury on Sunday. A starting guard for the Ravens, Tyree Phillips, a rookie. He was also placed on IR, um, although he might be able to return this year. But he'll be out for the Colts game. So that's two starting offensive linemen gone for the Ravens. And this is a team that, you know, 
All-Pro guard Marshall Yonda retired in the offseason. So very different offensive line right now than from a year ago during Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Uh, another player who missed practice for the Ravens on Wednesday was Mark Ingram. He missed Sunday's game against the Steelers. Um, they didn't miss him too much because they were still able to run all over Pittsburgh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then Chris Moore, a wide receiver, was limited Wednesday for Baltimore with a thigh injury. Uh, stud defensive lineman Clayus Campbell and cornerback Jimmy Smith did not practice for the Ravens Wednesday but they marked that as non-injury related. So they, you know, nothing to tell you that they're in jeopardy of missing this game. Uh, On to the game preview now. The 5-2 Colts host the 5-2 Ravens. Currently, as it stands, if the playoffs were to end right now, Baltimore would be the fifth seed in the AFC, and the Colts would be the sixth seed. Uh, Both teams 5-2, but Baltimore has the better divisional record, so they get the tiebreaker for now. Uh, So big Big playoff implications in this game uh, for both teams as they kind of volley for positioning. Uh, It's going to be tough for the Ravens to catch the Steelers, who are still undefeated. The Colts are tied with the Titans, so they might be able to win the division, and Baltimore wouldn't matter as much to them. But for as it stands right now, this is a huge game. Baltimore's only two losses this year came to some pretty damn good teams. Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday and then Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the year um and the ravens win their five other games by running the ball and playing great defense they're first in the league in rushing with 178 yards per game lamar jackson leads the team in rushing with over 400 yards on 66 carries uh he also has a couple touchdowns as well uh gus edwards gus the bus leads the running back group in baltimore with 305 rushing yards He's just a pounder, a load to bring down. Uh, Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are all averaging over 4.5 yards per carry. I believe the rookie second-round pick, J.K. Dobbins, is averaging 6.7. He had 113 yards on 15 carries against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. So the rookie can play. Um, Mark Ingram being out does not mean the Ravens cannot run the ball, that's for sure. Moving on to that defense there, they rank second in points allowed with 18.9, which is about half a point less than the Colts have given up this season. Um, They're seventh in yards allowed, 322.9. You know, they're they're both pretty equally good against the run and pass. Uh, I wouldn't call them a bend but don't break defense because, you know, seventh against the run, tenth against the pass, they're still pretty darn good. But that's kind of the style they play. They'll give up a few yards here and there, but clamp down near the red zone on you. I remember when when Peyton was here and whenever they played the Ravens, uh, same with Pittsburgh, he just said, you know, this is a game where there's going to be some ugly plays because there's going to be plays that they're simply going to beat you defensively. And I think that's that's like what, what the Colts looked like this week is is there, there's be patient because they're going to win some. And, and Lamar Jackson is going to win some. So you've got to be able to weather the storm. On their running game, the, the numbers are ridiculous. Since 2018, and this, this is what, it, it's big on big. Since 2018, the Ravens are first in the league in rushing over 5,000 yards, and it's not even close. And they set a league record last year with 3,296 yards, all-time league record. Well, since 2018, when Matt Eberfuss got here, the Colts were fourth most, or fourth best against the run. And just a couple of numbers 
since 2018, the Colts have given up one 100-yard game to a rusher. That was Derrick Henry. During that same stretch, the Ravens have had 18, 1,800-yard rushers. And this year, which is it's, it's just crazy when you talk about the yards per attempt and all this stuff, the Ravens have had 39 rushes this year of, t- of at least 10 yards, including 16 of 20 or more. And the Colts have given up two 20-yard rushes. So th- this is a game where, again, they're going to get their yards, but don't give them you know, the gashing plays. Darius Leonard and the Colts go by a, an 11-on-1 approach. Make sure that there's a bunch of guys around the ball carrier uh, because because these guys are that good that if you, if you don't swarm, they're, they're going to hurt you. So this is, again, like I said, it's big on big. And realize that offensively with Phillip Rivers, there's going to be some rough spots because there just are. I think the Ravens have got a, the league-long streak of like 20 straight games with a takeaway. So they're going to get theirs. But but you have to get yours. And, and against Lamar Jackson, limit his passing because he's not having a good game throwing a ball. He, he's loose with the ball, and he's not – he's regressed, I guess, efficiency-wise. But that running game, I think I looked – at Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh, 265-yard rushing, 47 rushes against Pittsburgh. Insane. That's ridiculous. Uh, but that's what they do. That's – we talked about with Frank Reich, this is our identity. This is who we are. We want to run the ball. Baltimore runs the ball. Yeah, so that that'll be really – an immovable object against an unstoppable force Correct. in this game. Um, and you talked about that Baltimore defense and Phillip Rivers. You know, Baltimore's defense is fifth in sacks with 24. Um, they're tied for eighth in takeaways with the Colts and Titans, who all have 12 takeaways. I believe that's in the, ref- the form of nine interceptions and three fumbles for Baltimore. And they just have an elite secondary. I know Marlon Humphrey, probably their best defender, is out in this game. But they still have two very good cornerbacks, Marcus Peters, who's got a couple picks on the year, and uh, cornerback Jimmy Smith as well. So three, when they're all healthy, three first-round cornerbacks on this team. Uh, so they, they can get after it. And I think um, one of the keys to this game, we can kind of get get into that, is Phillip Rivers, you know, he's not going to be able to win the game with his arm in this one. The Ravens want to take away the run for the Colts and make Rivers beat them. 40 passes against this defense will not be a good day. No, no, that is not a number the Colts want. So the Colts, they have to stick with the run, even if it's ugly at times, and they have to find a way to get those, even if it's four or five, six-yard runs, and they're not busting the – 15, 20-yard runs, those efficient runs will help Rivers hit that 10 to 15-yard pass to Mo Cox over the middle. That's the way they're going to have to get it done in this game. Well, and and, and that's a concern to me because against the Lions, they had, I don't know what to finish rushing, was it was it 39 times? I think it was. Yet they had three rushes for no yards and three rushes for minus yardage. And it's really hard to get behind the chains with Baltimore because because then you're putting your quarterback at risk. So it, it's going to take some patience. And the interesting thing to me is, is what do the Colts do at running back? Is, is it going to be Jordan Wilkins again, who was 20 for 89? Both were career highs against the Lions. Or do, do you say, no, we drafted Jonathan Williams or Jonathan Taylor for a reason? And he was like, what was he, 11 for 22 or whatever it was? Yeah. 
and which isn't good enough by any stretch. But I just I know a lot of people are expecting another I wouldn't say twenty carry game, but another bulk carry day for Wilkins. I'll believe it when I see it. Because I think I think there is a lot to where Reich says we ride the hot hand, and it was obvious that Wilkins kind of got it going. Although eighty nine yards, he had fifty two in the fourth quarter, so it's not like he was burning it up early. Uh, so I, I just still think they they're going to give every chance for Jonathan Taylor to be the guy against the Ravens. And again, I I, I just remember all those years with with Peyton and even with Edger and. And Joe Adai, sometimes even the really, really good, the, the great backs and the really, really good backs have trouble getting footing against these guys. But you have to, as long as the game allows it, stick with it. And one thing that Rivers is, he, he's sort of one of his his little uh, sayings now is, is, you know, what you want to do is end every drive with a kick, whether a field goal, a punt, or, or an extra point. And there are times that you just have to say, yeah, they, they won that one, and don't force it. Because you get behind these guys, you know, whether it's 14-0 or, or 10 to nothing, whatever, then you have to kind of get out of what you want to do. And, again, like, like you mentioned and we've talked about, 40 passes against the Ravens gives them way too many chances to do bad things to your offense. Yeah, and this is the kind of defense where, you know, if they get that first interception on you, they're going to smell blood in the water and they're going to come after you. Um, one of the more exotic blitzing teams in the league and has been for a long time. Um, I think it's interesting with the running back position with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, another thing to keep an eye on will be the ankle injury. How serious is it? Um, and the groin for, you know, Wilkins as well. Heaven forbid the only healthy running back is Naheem Hines. I don't think we'll get there. I think uh, both those guys will suit up and give it a go. But, you know, it might be another three-headed attack, a three-headed approach, but I feel like at a certain point you got to give Taylor his carry so that he can break the big... He's your big, as far as running the ball, the big play threat. You know, we saw it in college. We haven't seen it yet in the pros. He's the guy where, you know, four yards, three yards, five yards, and then eventually you hope he hits a 50-yarder. And, and, and also, he's, he might be one of your better... Let's pick up guys. He's he's been a pretty good blocker, but yes, I, I that's I've always meant. I just I'm, I sort of harp on the fact that he's got to get his fourteen, fifteen, eighteen carries a game because that's that's who he is. That that's that's what the great and he's not he, he very good running backs being a rookie. That's what they do. They 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 may plot around it a little bit, but but then they break one. But we've not seen that from him yet. And, and the the balance the Colts have got to have is how long do you stay with the running back if he, like last week, he's, was he 10 or 11, 10 for 22 or whatever it was in the first half? Well, you just can't keep pounding a guy into the line just to kind of prove a point. They won't do that. But at the same time, give him enough of a chance to show that, that he can get going. And then if it doesn't work, then, then you move on. Uh, but, but again, we'll beat this dead horse until until it really is dead. You've got to run the ball against these guys. You, and one thing that Frank Reich, I think, really uh, harps on is not so much yards per attempt, although that's important to me, but if you run it a lot, and if you're able to run the ball a lot like they did against Detroit, that means that you're more than likely ahead, and you can deal with some negative or, or, or small runs, but 
certain games demand that you you really show a commitment to the run, and this is probably one of them. Yeah, and the Colts, you know, for the record, still last in the league in yards per attempt. That's just not going to do it for a team that has one of the best offensive lines and three running backs. I think everyone would agree are talented. Um, it just hasn't quite been there yet. It's going to be hard to get it going against the Ravens, but they got to at least do something on the ground. They cannot be one-dimensional. Um, let's spend a little bit more time talking about the other side of the ball. Key takeaways. It's Lamar, uh, uh, keys to the game, that is. It's Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer. Contain him. Uh, we've seen a couple times, I remember the Cleveland game, Baker Mayfield would get out of the pocket and hurt the Colts. Well, if Baker Mayfield's hurting you, Lamar Jackson's going to kill you. Um, so they got to keep him in the pocket and make him a pocket passer. Take away his best weapon, which is his legs. Um, and and kind of to that vein, they need to limit the big plays. You know, Marquise Brown hasn't quite gotten it going for them this year. He does lead the team in receiving. But he's a guy with, you know, 4-3 speed who can get over the top on you. You can't let him do that. Mark Andrews is a very good tight end. Uh, he's got five touchdowns on the year and two multi-touchdown games on the year. Got to keep an eye on him. And I think Darius Leonard will. I think the Colts are equipped at linebacker to be able to handle the tight ends. Um, and really, just you got to stop the run as well, as much as you can against the Ravens. Yeah, they're going to get their six, eight, 12 yard runs, but you got to stop them at times so that, you know, the better the running backs are running the ball that the more dangerous that makes Lamar Jackson as well. So as much as you can put the game in Lamar Jackson's hands and make him win it with his arm. We were talking again to Justin Houston and he said, what you have to do is respect Jackson, but you don't fear him and you can't play tentative so, so again, the balance is is rushing uh, with aggression, but with discipline, and because a, a lot of wh- where Lamar Jackson really hurts defenses is he breaks contain. Now he's pretty good on the on the read option, on the on on working with the back and then keeping it and getting outside or up the middle, but a lot of many of his, of his big runs are when he breaks containment and he gets on the edge. Because the pass rush didn't either get to him or let him get outside, so that's. And again, do they spy with Darius Leonard? At you know, times, at times, I think I think it's incumbent upon Eberflus to mix things up so that you're not, you know, maybe you 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 give him the impression that Leonard is spying and he and he's going elsewhere, dropping into coverage. But uh, again, this is one this is one of those games where if if the defense is on the field for sixty plays better be damn good for like 50 of them yeah because t- t- 10 plays can swing the game and i think you know that that's another area where the speed of the colts linebacker group is going to come up big and containing jackson even if he kind of gets past the line limiting his runs to maybe eight or ten yarder instead of a 20 30 yarder um, with the speed at the colts linebackers there and i thought that was a good point you made as far as mixing it up they cannot play vanilla defense against lamar jackson he's a guy you want to confuse him you can't let him get comfortable he's a momentum player if he gets his mojo going uh, and he's on the sidelines with the shades on and he's you know doing a little shoulder shrug he's really gets that confidence up he's a confidence player so he's a guy who i i really feel like a lot of this game comes down to jackson it it, it does and, and 
one of the notes you got here too is, is win the turnover battle or, or, or you mentioned the, the bonehead play battle. Limit your bonehead plays. And w- when Phillip Rivers has taken care of the football and been efficient, this is a pretty good team. He, he just can't put those bad uh, throws like the, the Cleveland game. You, you can't leave that ball out in the flats because they are that good. Be efficient. And if it takes spread it to 11 receivers again, do it. Uh, when the shots are there, again, I go back to the Manning years. He said, you know there's going to be times when there's going to be plays to be made. And that's when you make it. We were I was watching a game the other night, and I can't think of it. It's it was, probably the Giants-Tampa Bay game. It was that, and that was Dallas with, with Bonnie, oh. Danny Bonavucci, the quarterback. And, <laughs> and there were three or four. No, it, it, was, it was the Giants. Yeah. And they had four or five plays where they had them. Poor Darius Slayton. Can the Colts trade for they, Darius Slayton? He's there, and, and you overthrow him. When there are plays to be made, you have to make them. There's going to be a handful of plays where Marcus Johnson or Mo Ali Cox or somebody is going to have the opportunity, and you cannot overthrow the guy, throw it in the dirt, whatever, because they don't come around too often. And, you know, this kind of goes for every game. The Colts have, under Frank Wright, been pretty good in this area, but penalties uh, killed the Ravens against the Steelers. Nine penalties for 110 yards in that game. Um, so if the Colts can win that penalty battle too, that's something that might play a big factor in this game. Um, Mike, did you have any more any more keys to the game, any more points you wanted to bring up? No, in this? one thing also is you've got the kicking game. They've got arguably the best kicker in the league right now. I don't know. Justin Hot Tucker. Rod's pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking I'm talking Baltimore. <laughs> and then you've got Hot Rod who who's coming off the two missed PATs and at least the first one was a bad snap. I, I, I thought Rigo did a pretty good job of getting the ball down. But, you, again, this is it's one where when you play the, the better teams, and certainly Baltimore is one of the top, I don't know, four or five teams in, in the conference, you can't be leaving points on the field. You can't be, you know, a wide right on, on extra points. So, yes, it puts a lot of pressure on every facet of your team, but that, that's, that's how big teams play in big games. They, they take care of, of whatever they have to take care of, and you can't have a block punt. You know, you can't do the – you can't, like Naheem Hines, what game was it? Was it Cincinnati where he feels the ball at the five-yard line, a fair catch at the five-yard line, whatever oh, game yeah. that was. So games like this, it forces you to not have penalties, not have bone pl- bonehead plays. And good teams do that, and, and the mediocre teams find ways to lose, and th- this is where you find out a little bit more who you really are. Yeah, this kind of, you know, I don't want to say the Colts have to play a perfect game to win this game, but they really got a near perfect maybe. They can't make the big mistakes that they've made in the past, and I I would say they would certainly have to play uh, or not make as many mistakes as they did against Detroit, Uh, specifically in special teams. Blocked punt, mixed extra points. Um, Offense played pretty well, and so did the defense, but there's some, some things to clean up on that end. Um, let's go ahead and make some predictions here. FanDuel has the Ravens at uh, minus one and a half points, so pretty close line there. Um, Over-under set at 46.5. Dave, although he's not with us today, has sent in his prediction. He's taken the Ravens 24-20 to 20 in this one. Mike, who do you have? I've got Colts 23-20. And I'm doing my math, my Ball State math. That's two touchdowns and three field goals. 
Uh, and it's going to, for, for the Colts defense to hold these guys to 20, it's going to require keeping Lamar Jackson on a short leash. Uh, if they can do that, I like their chance. I think, I think the Colts defense is legit. The offense just has got to avoid the massive turnovers. I'm going to go, I'm going to take the Colts as well in this one. I think at home makes a big difference in this game. Uh, I'm going to go 27 to 24 Indianapolis, so slightly higher scoring. I think the Ravens have won nine straight on the road. Well, let's, let's break that streak <laughs> here, and hopefully they can break the streak of uh, turnover games as well um, in this one. So that'll do it today for us on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can hear Mike and I recap. Uh, the Colts Ravens game on Monday. Um, and then Dave hopefully will be back next week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he's on sabbatical. Maybe it's, he's got the month off. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, well, when, when you're a guy, when, when you're a major player in the company, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Maybe one day I'll be like Dave Griffiths. Maybe one day we can strive to be, <laughs> we can strive to be Dave. Yes. But, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Roto street. Joe, you can follow Mike on Twitter at M chapel 51. Follow uh, the Colts Blue Zone on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone. We'll keep you updated on all Colts news and notes all week long. Um, And you can also submit us questions on Twitter to us, at Colts Blue Zone as well. And be sure to subscribe and download. Please download. You don't even have to listen if you download. Because that's 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 what uh, corporate cares about for my numbers. It's the traffic. (laughs) That's right, the traffic. Leave us a rating on iTunes and a comment as well. That would really help us out. And Colts fans, hopefully next time I'm talking to you, it's another Victory Monday. Have a great one.